Welcome to the National Vaccine Information Center's podcast series, Vaccine Laws and Exemptions. These podcasts are from previously recorded commentaries, articles, and presentations produced by MVIC, a charitable nonprofit organization. Hello, everybody. It's Barbara Lowe Fisher and Don Richardson, National Vaccine Information Center. And today we're going to be talking about the, the new report on the annual state uh, vaccine legislation that Don and her team put together. Uh, Don and I have known each other for 25 years. Uh, Don called me back in the late 90s, and she wanted to get um, a personal belief exemption in Texas. And we worked together for about seven years, and she got it done. She got the conscientious belief vaccine exemption in Texas, and it's the only time that's been done in the last 25 years. And since then, in 2010, I asked her to come and do what she did in Texas uh, to try to do it in the rest of the states, or at least to, at least to, to defend vaccine exemptions and the right to informed consent in the rest of the states. And she designed an incredible uh, communications tool called the NVIC Advocacy Portal at nvicadvocacy.org. And uh, through that portal has done amazing work uh, with a team on our staff who, who have uh, stood the ground and helped families in the state stand the ground on the right to exercise informed consent to vaccination. And today she's going to be talking about her new report with a lot of great news uh, because of all the advocacy that's been done for, since 2010 through the portal. And the fact that we've been able to been able to hold the line. There are no COVID vaccine mandates for children in this in this country, which is amazing. Uh, and we're supporting more bills now that are vaccine related in the states than we're opposing. So, Don, without further ado, tell us what what happened this year in the 2023 legislative session. Well, thank you so much, Barb. We're excited to have our presence here through Vaccine Awareness Week and the support of Dr. Mercola to get all this information out. We have these great reports, great video content for you to become really up to date on the most pressing issues of what's happening today in the vaccine informed consent arena. I wanna thank every single one of you who either picked up a phone sent an email, wrote a letter, went to your legislatures and testified or posted something on social media or shared information from the portal with your friends and family because the success story of this session is that we had more bills that we supported that passed in state legislatures than any other year in the history since we've been doing the reports and the, the advocacy portal since 2010. Not only that, when we're gonna give you some highlights that are really exciting, but we're not gonna give everything away. We want you to go and look at this report and just look at it and see what's happened in your state, see the trends, see what you can do in the future, because we're gonna talk about all that. Okay, so getting started, I wanna let you know that we had 
709 bills that we posted on the portal, but we tracked over a thousand. And my team and myself, we are watching these bills. It's not just when they're filed, because when a bill goes through the legislature, it starts, it gets filed, it goes to a committee, there's a hearing, and then it goes to the full body, either the House or the Senate. Sometimes it's amended, sometimes it's substituted, and then it has to go through on the other side. Sometimes the versions don't match and they're supposed to before they pass. So they've got a negotiating conference committee. Then it goes to the governor. Sometimes he vetoes it. Sometimes he signs it. Sometimes he doesn't. We track that bill from its birth to its either passage or death all the way through because your actions are going to, they're going to have to be adjusted as the bill is going through the legislative process. So we tell you every step of the way on the bill postings, what the position is, who to contact, what the status is, where it is, and an analysis of the bill. In addition, in addition to that, if there are some proposed changes that would make the bill one where we could actually support it instead of oppose it, then we will give you some things that you can say to your legislators how to fix the bill and make it better. We'll give you talking points. We'll give you the reasons why NDIC has taken the position of support, watch or oppose. So all that information is on the portal. All you need to do is register at nvicadvocacy.org and go in there and check your state. There's a great map in the United States. You can click your state and check it. Just like you check your social media status throughout your legislative sessions, you want to be checking what's going on in your state. So of those 709 bills that we had on the portal, we had, I think, 446 bills worthy of support. So that number comes out to 63% of the bills that we posted on the portal were worthy of support. And only 158 bills were designated as opposed. That's 22%. And we watched 105 and that's about 15%. Now, let me just specify, the reason why we have a watch category is because there are provisions in the bill that we support, but there are some things in there that we absolutely do not support. Like an example would be, if we had a bill to ban mandates, but it excluded large classes of people, certain employees, we wouldn't support that because that's we don't want to throw some populations under the bus, you know, to benefit others. So what we do is we will call out the sections of a bill that needs to be improved or where the problems are. So but the most interesting thing about this is this percentage of bills that we supported one of the best, if not, it's the best, the best percentage out of all the bills that we supported. And what's so great is if you look at the past three years and what's happened since COVID, this is the third consecutive year where we've had more bills that we supported, Barbara, than we opposed. It's and John, I remember so, I remember so yeah. well the years where it was overwhelmingly that we were opposing most vaccine related bills. It, it, was, it was just hands down 
more bills, the lobbyists, the pharma and the medical trade lobbyists, we were getting killed in the States, but, but through consistent messaging, through education, through being there for the legislators when they want uh, our perspective, which is really the groundwork that has been done for 13 years, really paid off in 2020, 2021, particularly 22, when those same lobbyists went in to try to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and we were able to, to stop that, which is historic, really and truly, if you look at other countries. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, let me just clarify something. What we've had this session is the most amount of supported bills in relation to opposed bills. It wasn't the most right. amount. Last year, we had 875 bills total. We had we had a few more bills. But when you look at how we pushed down the number of opposed bills and raised the number of supported bills, this is a phenomenal statistic that most people, I think, will be very happy to hear that 42 states and the District of Columbia had more bills filed that were worthy of NVIC support than opposing. So that balance, 42 states and the District of Columbia. So that's quite impressive. 16 states had zero bills that we opposed. That's and this is the first year in our whole existence that we've been doing the portal that all 50 states and the District of Columbia had bills filed. Hmm. So, you know, for that amount of participation, 100% participation of all the states, and to have 42 states have more bills that we support than we oppose, and 16 having no opposition bills, that's absolutely phenomenal. There were only six states that had more bills that we opposed than we supported. And only one state in the entire United States that had one opposed bill and no support bills, and that was the state of Delaware. So, um, you know, we choose what bills go on the portal based on NVIC's mission. And if the bill is related to our mission, we post it. There are some other bills that are out there that are vaccine bills. We don't post every vaccine bill. We don't handle funding issues and things like that. But anything that would affect our mission of informed consent and uh, mandates, medical privacy, anything to do with what we talk about, um, that, those are the bills that we cover. And it has just steadily increased. I know, you know, back in the beginning, we had under 100 bills, you know. <laughs> It has just increased with the interest and COVID has pushed that. And that's also pushed the people to contact legislators and legislators to listen, to file more bills that are worthy of our support that help protect rights, promote rights, then infringe on them or remove them. So that's all very good news. You know, I, I really think there is no question uh, in my mind certainly the research I did for the last three months of the report that I released yesterday on censorship and blacklisting of MVIC in, in, in the digital public square. No question, the, the biggest thorn in the side of big pharma, big medical trade, big public health has been the fact that in the United States, the states, the legislatures have listened to the people. They have listened to, to the concerns of the people and, and so much of that is because we have been doing this work on the ground in the States for the last 13 years. 
they have listened to the stories of, of particularly with the COVID vaccine in the last three years, the, the, the stories of injury and death, the stories of harassment and oppression. And there's nothing like real-time personal experience because these legislators have families too. Mm -hmm. And they were subjected to the same type of pressure and oppression in, in many cases that, that everybody was during the, the lockdowns, the masking, and during the COVID, well, that federal COVID mandate. There are a lot of constituents who went to their legislators when that mandate came down for all federal workers and for contractors and for the military, et cetera. Uh, so I, I'm so I'm so encouraged with all the bad news out there you know, that we see every day, that in this area, we have had a good response from legislators and I'm hoping it will continue. I think it will. I don't think they're gonna ever be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the word is out that there's something that's not quite right with the mandatory vaccination system. So uh, yeah. congratulations. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, there's no way that people are going to be able to unsee and unhear what they have witnessed personally. And then with the stories from their constituents, the legislators are getting up on the House floor, the Senate floor, or in committee, and they're relaying the stories. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's just amazing at how open that the staff also have become because they're in the same position. It's either have something's happened to them, a family member, a friend they're hearing, or they're just taking the brunt of the phone calls that are coming in to the offices from all the people. So anyway, let's let's highlight for a second. So those were we talked about all the bills that were filed. Let's talk about what actually passed. So out of all these bills, the ones that we tracked on the portal, we had 60 bills pass. And out of the 60 that passed, we supported 30, opposed 21, and watched nine. So the we still had more bills passed than opposed. And of the nine that we watched, seven of them had some really positive things in them. And then the two that we watched that passed didn't actually have a lot of negative stuff in it, but they actually got the parts that we opposed. They were changed through pressure and uh, education to legislators. Those bills had the offensive sections removed. We consider those a win when we can have the, those bad sections removed. Now, no, I just want to run down some really great facts and you can get a lot all the details on this in the report when you click and you you view the report but no state legislature passed any bills with COVID-19 mandates and the DC City Council even rescinded their mandate from last year so that was great and that that mandate affected public private and parochial school students so big relief for the families in DC 15 bills passed to prevent some kind of COVID-19 vaccine mandate or discrimination based on vaccination status. So half of the bills that we supported were targeting this, um, the vaccine, the COVID vaccine and the discrimination and the mandate. So it's again, indicative of the response that legislators 
push themselves to do because of what they heard from constituents. All 19 COVID-19, all COVID-19 related bills that passed have provisions to protect liberty. And, you know, I think the other side of the story here is 33 states had bills that tried to prevent some kind of a COVID-19 man, COVID mandate or discrimination that did not pass. So it was a total of 40 states that had legislative responses to the overreaching influence of the public health officials, of doctors, of hospital associations, of medical trade, pharma, that pushed and pushed for the mandates, but 40 states pushed back. And I think that's really the rest of the story here that, you know, and this is this is in 2023. If you go back and look at NVIC's previous reports from 2022, 2021, and 2020, and looking at the start of all this, every single year has been such a huge pushback, and it's just increased more and more every year. So that's that's encouraging. But it's not just about COVID-19, Barbara. I mean, yeah. NVIC was founded and you know the what shot NVIC to public recognition was your interview and your book DPT shot in the dark and you know there's there's a lot of other vaccines that people are reacting to and it's really really great to say that no state legislature passed any bills mandating any type of vaccine and this is significant because in the states of Missouri New York and Texas there were a total of 15 bills filed attempting to mandate another type of a vaccine or to allow for an institution like a hospital or a daycare or somewhere to add their own mandates. And so mandates were just squashed down all across the board. And even in California, there was a bill that would have, it started, it was filed as a mandate for HPV vaccine for eighth grade students, and the bill morphed and the mandate part was taken out. So no mandate. Well, you know, Don, I am concerned, you know, they got this RSV monoclonal antibody shot uh, for babies that a lot of babies go to daycare. Uh, it's it's not a vaccine. It's being sold as a vaccine, mm -hmm. but they got it slipped in under the ASIP recommendations as a vaccine, and that's so that's the newest incarnation. And and we'll 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 have to see what the states are going to do with that. And there are other vaccines that are in the research pipeline that that pharma desperately wants to have treated, just like they did the COVID. I mean, Pfizer made a hundred million dollars. A billion dollars off the COVID vaccine. So, you know, yeah, they, they're going to keep pushing. That's why them. people need to stay connected to the portal. Yes. And, and because it's they're not going to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a product that's mandated for use by the government that there's no liability for? I mean, <laughs> that'd be the dream business model for any product. So, and we don't different. know what's going to happen in the future in terms of another pandemic declaration. I mean, if you look at the media, you see this constant stream of articles saying that, including health officials saying the next pandemic is just around the corner. You know, we're going to face the same situation that we faced with the COVID pandemic declaration and the response to it, this outsized response to it. 
We're going to face the same situation when another pandemic is declared. That's why it's so important for people to get connected with the portal, be able to be ready when these types of things happen so that we have informed consent protections in these laws because they do not want to have any exemptions. They do not want anyone to have to be able to say no. And so it's it we I'm encouraged by what's happened, but I'm not any less concerned about what's going to happen in the future. We're going to have to watch even stronger and have our responses stronger because they're not going to just sit back and take this. They're going to fight back. And one area that we need a lot of vigilance in is the area of minor consent. 11 bills try to give minors, give children the capacity to be able to go and ask somebody, a, a vaccine provider, a doctor, a nurse, and and to consent on their own to vaccines, or if they're offered, they could say yes on their own behind their parents' back without the knowledge or consent of their parents. Those are very dangerous because children are susceptible to peer pressure in a school environment or authority figure persuasion because they want to please the adults in their life. And it's amazing how easy it is for these people to manipulate and scare a child into consenting to a vaccine that maybe their parents didn't want. And it's very concerning because it puts a child's safety at risk, their health, the parent doesn't know. Um, what if that child has a family history of reactions and so many reasons why. So fortunately for this session, we got by where none of the 11 bills that tried to give minors in some capacity the ability to consent to vaccines, none of them passed. So that's also very good news. Uh, that's, that's a dangerous area. Um, I do want to mention about pharmacy bills. Because out of the 21 bills that NVIC opposed that, out of the 21 bills that we opposed that passed, all but four were bills to expand the capacity of not just pharmacists, but pharmacy techs and pharmacy interns to give vaccines. And when we start getting into pharmacy techs and interns having even less of an education, I know the pharmacy techs in a lot of states, we saw the training was one or two hours and that's it. And, uh, you know, giving a vaccine, there's screening, there's questions that needs to be asked about pre-existing conditions, about family history, about contraindications. That's not happening in the back of your grocery store at your neighborhood pharmacy. Um, it's and how many of them are reporting to uh, re- following up and reporting reactions to the vaccine adverse event reporting system? Advised, yeah. I imagine virtually none of them. Right. And, and, and also, you know, even advising parents about a three-year statute of limitations or even react things to look out for, because some people think a vaccine reaction is going to happen within a few hours of the vaccine, but you know, all too well, you know, that sometimes some of these symptoms can take a little bit to come out and, and then they're compounded by further vaccinations. So that information is just not given. It's just not the environment where it can be. Doctors and nurses who give vaccines often fall short in this area. Now we were giving it to people that are less trained. They're not medical professionals. They, um, 
you know, they're probably not going to be able to tell the difference if a child goes down after being vaccinated at a pharmacy. Are they going to be able to tell if they fainted, if they had a heart attack, if they had some kind of a collapse shock reaction, anaphylaxis, anything like how are they going to tell? <laughs> you know, so a lot of these pharmacies don't even have the heart starting machinery, the defibrillators on, on in the back of the pharmacy. So I remember with Gardasil, when that came out in 2006, seven, you know, people, girls were getting vaccinated and they were leaving the doctor's office and they were collapsing 15 to 30 minutes later, some mm -hmm. of them while driving cars. So, oh, yeah. you know, in the pharmacy, you get the shot. Most of the time you're out the door. I mean, there are some pharmacies where I believe there's drive-by. I know I remember mm -hmm. drive-by. Drive mm -hmm. Sure. So 13 states passed bills to expand this area of pharm pharmacy administered vaccines, but 10, they were stopped. People wrote to their legislators, they expressed their concerns. It's really trivializing the seriousness of giving a vaccine and what kind of consequences, you know, when people are choosing to get vaccinated, they really need to have full informed consent. And that's failing on so many levels in the medical world. Now you're moving it to a pharmacy, it's informed consent is happening even to a lesser degree. And that's, that can save lives because when people know about contraindications or family histories and symptoms, and it, it can save lives and it does save lives when people know and they can make an informed decision to not repeat something that's going to hurt them. Um, you know, so that's, that's important information. So just a few other categories we'll highlight today that were exciting censorship, free speech, big in the news. <laughs> it's the whole theme of our vaccine awareness week with your, with your groundbreaking report that is just you've got to go back and you've got to look at Barbara's report if you haven't seen it earlier this week on censorship. Why don't you just tell people a little bit about that because that's going to lay the foundation for this next bill I want to talk about with free speech. Yeah, I mean, I, I took three months and sort of sequestered myself <laughs> to the extent that I could to research uh, exactly who, what, when, how, why. Uh, my voice was silenced online as well as MVIC being thrown off of all four social media platforms, face, uh, major ones, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And then in December of 2021, this all happened within an eight month period in, in 2021. And then in December of 2021, uh, being uh, our, our account with PayPal was one night, like December 23rd of 2021, totally, totally blocked. No one can make donations to NBIC. And I later found out it was at the request of a, a number of uh, represent, ha House of Representatives members uh, from one political party who requested that PayPal do that. Um, I was, I was, I was shocked by what I found on. I mean, I had no idea while this was all happening to us, I never stopped to really look at who was doing it. And for me to find out that the US government, that the Department of Homeland Security, Department of State, the FBI, 
the intelligence community, the, uh, I mean, I, I just, I knew pharma was a lobbying against this and I knew medical trade, but I, I never imagined because of all the work I did for more than two decades with federal vaccine advisory committees and at the Institute of Medicine, um, I, you know, and, and the work we've done in the States, which we've done in a responsible way, which we've done as good American citizens should, if they want to change something, you go in and you work with the system and you try to change it civilly, responsibly. I never imagined that the government agencies, and certainly there were, I mean, there are good people in government, but there are some people who get to positions of power who decide that if you disagree with them, you know, clearly they're going to target you. And political yeah. operatives, foreign political operatives were used. Uh, I, I just, uh, I was shocked. And it, it is a shocking report. It is. I, I said to when I, my, my, my interview with Dr. Mercola, I said it reads like a crime novel. And that's how I felt when I fi finished it. it. It reads like a crime novel. A and crime as it should novel. because of the influence of industry with oh, yes. officials that should not be yes. beholden to corporations yes. whose profits are dependent on their actions to squash the outreach efforts. This was formal. This was industry led. This was globally led. The United yeah. Nations was involved. The World Health Organization. We're talking about the, the highest levels, the most wealthy institutions in society and globally, uh, and the governments. And but but at the end of the day, it was definitely about business, definitely about pharma and partners. Yeah, mm -hmm. the public-private partnerships. So anyway, I, I I think everyone should read it, but it, it what it really does is shows how important the work in the states is because we have we don't have just a federal government that says you must do things. We have state governments, which mm -hmm. our founders put in place to be a check unbalance on the power of the federal government. Other countries don't have states governments like we do. So and, and public health laws are vac uh, vaccine laws are public health laws. So this is why getting involved in the advocacy portal is so important. It is free. We do this. We're a charity. We do. We hardly. In fact, we don't sell anything. We ask for donations, you know, <laughs> to support our work. Mm -hmm. So we we this report that I'm making is free. I, I, I'm making it available for free. Mm -hmm. And. And I, because I want people to know how incredibly dangerous it is if we do not defend liberty. And that's, you're going to tell us now about the, the bills that had to do with yeah. protecting liberty. So again, you sign, if you're not registered on the portal, register nvicadvocacy.org, sign in, go to your state page see what's happening. We're kind of in a lull. There are still states in session. There are still states that have bills that carry over. Those are all noted. Stuff is going to really pick up the beginning of January. You've got to get on now, get used to looking at your state and get those habits now so you can be ready when all these new yeah. bills start getting filed. But I do want to go on this idea of censorship. Back in 2022, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, he signed a California bill called AB 2098, 
And this bill subjected doctors to board discipline and loss of licensure when they provided COVID-19 advice or treatment outside of what the bill called the so-called scientific consensus. And I know all of you, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that what that means. You know, well, subsequently, no surprise, a bunch of lawsuits were filed and the lawsuits were solid. And AB 2098 was actually repealed this year through a California SB 815. It was initially, the bill was had initially to do with different, different agencies in governing healing arts professions, the different agencies, and they amended this later in the session. And that's why it's so important to continue to talk to your legislators throughout the session. There are opportunities for them to amend existing bills that open up areas of law that would allow for laws to be fixed and amended. So keep talking to them throughout this session. And so now this is a huge win for the California doctors and their patients as the doctors were no longer prevented from telling their patients about COVID-19, about potential treatments, about the vaccine, that they can have these honest conversations with their doctors without being worried their licenses were going to be yanked for having these conversations. So that pushback by everybody, you know, it put the pressure and, and Gavin Newsom did sign that bill as well. You know, he signed the first one and then he signed the one removing it. So that communication definitely has an impact. I did want to talk about improving parental rights. There's been a huge effort to improve parental rights in this country, especially as a reaction to some of these minor consent bills. And nine bills passed that improved some type of parental rights or informed consent this session. That's big. And there were multiple states that had parental rights bills filed. And there's going to be more. That that whole trend is picking up. Watch out for those bills. Um, some of them can really help. Some of them actually go broader than just informing you of your rights. Some of them actually affirm in state law the right of the parent to be in control of all the medical decisions for their child so there's no question about that and that's that those are bills that NBIC supports so um, that can help in a situation where a young mom is or dad is at the doctor with their child and doctors trying to pressure the fact that they have the right to make those decisions and not worry about being attacked by child protective services or things, you know, big, big help in a situation where new families are trying to make informed decisions. Um, on that, just a little bit off to the side, visitation rights in hospitals or different long-term care facilities, there were nine bills passed, or no, five states, five states passed bills, Alabama, Idaho, Louisiana, Montana, and Utah, that would protect the right of visitors going to these care facilities to be able to visit their loved ones, their family, their friends, without being forced to be vaccinated just to get their foot in the door to visit. I and think that's a, that's a very important area because I think mm -hmm. you're going to see more attempts to try to block people from getting into healthcare settings and hospitals, et cetera, without being vaccinated. Right. And, and, the great thing about these bills, now Florida was the first one to do do it last year, but the great thing about these bills is it's for all vaccines. It's not just for COVID. So it's protection for the future. 
you know, social isolation, loneliness, it affects, it really influences things towards a poor health outcome for people that are not in good health that are trying to get help in these facilities. And when they're cut off from the people who love them, it's cruel, it's horrible. And in the end, <laughs> this is the right way to go. It's sad that we have to have bills passed to protect the right to be able to visit your loved ones, but, but that's the way it is. So, you know, if this is something that moves you, if you were affected, you can talk to your legislators about these bills and ask that they're filed in, and passed in your state too. So that's really, as you read this report and you see different types of things that you think you would like to see done in your state, contact your legislator, show them the bill number from the portal. You can copy and paste and send it to them like this report that Barbara was talking about that she did and this report on state legislative stuff, our portal information is all free and accessible and you can take anything from it and, you know, share it with your legislators. So please do. Um, <laughs> just moving on off of the bills, we also covered bills that didn't pass, but were new topics new, very interesting and supportable topics in state legislatures that we're excited that, and we hope that they'll kind of grow roots in other states and people will pick up interest. But some of these topics were establishing insurance policies without mandated vaccine coverage. Mm -hmm. Insurance is getting more and more expensive. And every time there's a mandate or a requirement for coverage of a certain topic, your premiums go up. Well, if you'd rather pay out of pocket if you're getting a vaccine because you're not getting too many, or if you don't use vaccines and you don't want to pay for all your family members to have coverage for vaccines, which is a lot of money, they do something called first dollar coverage where whatever the cost is of the vaccines of all the ones that you're eligible for, they just add it to the premium. So a bill that could allow you to remove that type of coverage and not have to pay for it would be, could allow a lot of people that don't use vaccines that are having trouble affording their healthcare uh, insurance, it would allow them to be able to afford it. So new- I mean, let's look, I, I want to mention this RSV monoclonal antibody shot plus the RSV shot for the elderly and pregnant women that that actually is a vaccine Very but this monoclonal, those those that vaccine and that monoclonal antibody that is now part of the CDC's recommended schedule will the insurance companies are upset because it's going to cost three to five hundred dollars a shot yeah. and there's all kinds of problems now with insurance companies saying you know what we don't know if we want to pay that whole or that whole price. And that's know, the problem with all being, of that. Yeah. And that's the problem with it being rolled into the vaccines because a lot of the states have laws that require insurance companies that do business in that state to yeah. cover anything that's on the childhood schedule. And every time there's a vaccine added and that it's required to be covered, people will lose health insurance because the insurance companies have to pass on that increase this to their right. to their shareholders and or to their policyholders and it makes them not be able to assert and do you know why those manufacturers want to get like a monoclonal antibody added 
to the CDC's recommended list because it then comes under the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act mm -hmm. and they're protected from liability. So you're yeah. gonna see the pharmaceutical companies adding more products that are not really vaccines, but they wanna have labeled vaccines, sort of like that mRNA shot. That, yeah. that mRNA shot is using technology that cannot be defined as a traditional vaccine. So you're gonna see more of that and your point is well made that the, this raises the insurance costs because these are not cheap products. Mm -mm. And okay, so another category, <laughs> talk about very deserving category. A uh, bunch of bills were filed that block the CDC or the World Health Organization from having jurisdiction in a state. Good yeah. for these states. I mean, <laughs> So, so good. That's Everything what the WHO wants. They want to be able to override uh, mm -hmm. the, the laws of countries and be the supreme authority on who gets vaccinated, when you're locked down, when you have to mask. I, I This is exciting. This is really exciting that states are becoming sophisticated enough, legislators, that they know that this is a threat. Mm -hmm. uh, another category love this category, holding pharmaceutical companies accountable. So we know because of the vaccine injury compensation program that families can't file civil claims against a pharmaceutical company financial to try and get financial awards. Some states have creatively gone after criminal prosecution of pharmaceutical executives that have made untrue or misleading claims about safety efficacy or necessity of a vaccine it's it's a great it's a great way to hold a company accountable because when there's no that is part of the law though don that we got in there that you can sue for criminal fraud gross negligence and that would include if you would if the company withheld information from the fda about the safety of their product they could be sued for unlimited punitive damages. So that's been always a part of that law. And, and that's not now yeah, being exercised. People aren't availing themselves of that, but some states are. Some states' attorney generals are going after pharmaceutical companies. And then you've got states that on their own mm -hmm. are for companies that do business in that state are opening up. It, it raises public awareness. Yeah. It it's it's great. And it would be great if some of these bills holding pharma accountable could pass and bolster what's already in federal law. Another category that came up this year that really we haven't seen in the past, there were numerous bills that were aimed at protecting America's food supply from mRNA technology and vaccines. And there's concern. We saw the effects. We see the effects on people. Well, what about if you're consuming food, uh, animal products or plants that have been genetically modified or vaccinated with either mRNA technology or gene altering technology? There is concern. And a lot of these bills were aimed at 
labeling and informed consent, but that can have, still have a lot of power as people make informed choices and choose not to purchase something or to consume something that has mRNA technology. Whether the science is there or not, that should be people's choices. They should be able to have the right to pick and choose with information what foods they want to consume and what You know, Don, the late, great Ronnie Cummins, the founder of the Organic Consumer Association, who's no longer with us is smiling right now wherever he is because of of what you just said uh he was definitely a leader in that area of trying to protect our food supply and uh the fact that uh that legislators are are, are looking at this and are trying to proactively prevent the contamination of the food supply with some of these vaccine products or pharmaceutical products labeled vaccines is very important Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, so important, and it's not going to end here. Bills, there are bills that passed committee last session. They're just, they weren't. Some of them weren't done in time to have the ability to continue forward. So expect to see this topic come up again next session, and expect the other side to be saying, "Oh, there's no proof they're damaging." You know, <laughs> I think enough people have seen enough that they would rather err on the side a caution and make a choice not to consume some of this Franken food stuff. So uh, another category, prohibiting vaccination status from interfering with organ transplants. Mm-hmm. We saw across the country instances where people who chose not to get a COVID vaccine or some other vaccine were taken off the list or demoted down in um, status for organ transplants because of their decision to not take a vaccine. And this is just so cruel because some of these instances where families aren't vaccinating their kids anymore, the sickness that ensued after vaccination is what kind of propagated the poor health that caused the child in some cases to need an organ transplant or an adult. And it's just blackmail with someone's life. It's unethical. It's disgusting. And we're seeing a lot of states standing up. This wasn't the first year we had some pills in this category, but it's still relatively new uh, of a category as hospital systems were getting bolder and brazen and just cruel. Um, so these bills are very much needed uh, We in every state. This uh, this should have been happening in every state. So, you know, those are just, those are just, this is just the tip of the iceberg on what's covered in our report this year. You want to go see what your new rights are in your state. You're going to want to go look these bills up and, and read the report and know. So if you're in a situation, you can assert your rights and protect your family with this information on what new rights you have in your state. So please register register at nbicadvocacy.org. It's free. You can log in and you can see all the information for your state, for other states. Um, When there's a real critical issue, we will send an action alert to your email box, but you need to make the habit of going and checking in regularly. There's so much action on these bills. We can't possibly send emails every time the bills move. Uh, So you're going to have to make it your responsibility to go in and check. We have full-time staff that we are watching these bills. Very tiny staff. (laughs) Trying to do all this work. 
I know. It's, I don't it's, know. I, I really, it's a, it's a miracle that so much is done with such a small, small staff, but amazing you know. staff, amazing. So smart, so caring and compassionate and willing to call and track down any legislative aid, any legislator. They are, they spend hours on the phone with legislative reference libraries to get clarification on some of these bills that are written so ambiguously. Um, just a great, we have a great team. We're here for you. We're a nonprofit. We are for your education. And so you can take that information and take action. And uh, we're, we're happy to serve. We're thrilled for all your uh, and so grateful for all your participation so that we are privileged enough to be able to issue a report like this it wouldn't be possible without your efforts and without your support of our organization so please donate this week Mer dr mercola is matching these donations please donate please participate continue and thank you for everything this year oh uh, that's a wonderful close, uh, Don. Uh, thank you for another great report. And we'll be back here next year with Report 2024. So thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, God bless. And we'll see you next year. See you next year. God bless America. Yes. <laughs> Before you take a risk, find out what it is. To learn more about vaccines, diseases, and the human right to inform consent, visit mvic.org, the website of the nonprofit charity, the National Vaccine Information Center. Since 1982, MVIC has worked to prevent vaccine injuries and deaths through public education and to secure informed consent protections in U.S. vaccine policies and laws. Visit mvic.org and mvicadvocacy.org to get well-referenced vaccine information that you can trust and share with your family, friends, and members of your community. It's your health, your family, your choice.